fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. It's time. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. And a good Monday to you. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, other side of the glass, and uh, back at it after a little vacation time. So the sandwich vacation is now over. You had a lot more than sandwiches on that vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the sandwich vacation, meaning taking a couple days off two weeks ago, and then back, and then taking two days off last week. That's what the sandwich Two days off the show, but four-day weekends. You had a couple four-day weekends. Yeah. You you took four off. You worked four. You took four off. Yeah. 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 You sound a little... uh, There's some animosity there. You want a vacation. No, I'm... I'm, I love a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not really much of a vacation, though, when you... Problem is, every time somebody tells me where to go, it doesn't sound like a vacation spot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you uh, uh, carrying the flag again last week. Uh, you, Clayton Hamilton, on Thursday with UNC win on, on Friday. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. It was fun visiting with you guys. Yeah. Clayton Houston might be back Friday in another too. year or so for the Winter Olympics, but the Olympics are over now. So That's right. That's true. Six <laughs> and months. Re- and, and remember, yeah. three years. Three years, not four, for the Summer Olympics. Yeah. yeah. We got plenty of uh, Olympic recap. We will talk about that today. The best and the worst from what we saw from the Summer Olympic Games, and uh, there, there's some plenty of good and bad. We'll dive into to that uh, with you today as well, too. Talk a little NFL training camp, and the Raiders will have their first exhibition game coming up Saturday night against the Seattle Seahawks. So we start looking forward to that NBA Summer League in town. So, yeah, of course there's no dead zone here. I mean, we just get, get right back into it. Here we are, middle of August, ready for the NFL Openers here in about three and a half uh, weeks away, so we look forward to that. NBA Summer League normally, which is takes place in July, is now taking place here in the middle of August. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. And uh, a couple special guests today, B.J. Armstrong will join us, the former Chicago Bull, the three-time uh, NBA champion. We'll talk to him about Team USA and uh, just not just the men's side, but Again, we look at the women, they got gold, the men got gold, the three-on-three got gold, the uh, women's volleyball team, Karch Karai and company, they got gold. So Beach volleyball and the five-on-five, yep. or six-on-six volleyball right. both got gold. Right, right. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into all that today. And uh, also, special guest, a Las Vegas native, is going to join us today, making his professional Boxing debut Saturday night. Top-ranked boxing just signed Nico Ali Walsh. If that name sounds familiar, well, Nico Ali Walsh is the grandson of Muhammad Ali. And as we know, not only Muhammad Ali, uh, arguably the greatest of all time, but remember his daughter, Layla Ali, uh, arguably maybe the greatest female fighter of all time. Uh, You know, multi-champion, retired undefeated. Now, that is not Nico Ali Walsh's Mother, so that's actually his aunt. But uh, you know, Muhammad Ali had nine kids, and uh, you know, one of his uh, uh, you know daughters uh, 
is the mother of Nico Ali Walsh. And, uh, you know, Nico went to Bishop Gorman High School, currently goes to UNLV, and uh, you don't usually see many collegiate boxers, I mean, guys that are actually going to school full-time and turn pro. And uh, so he's got a pretty interesting story, and we look forward to uh, talking with him today. He's going to join us. We'll, we'll talk about, obviously, the legacy that he's trying to carry on and, and a lot of undue pressure with that. And uh, so we'll talk to him about that. And again, Saturday night uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Hard Rock Hotel Casino Top Ranked Boxing has a great main event, part of a trilogy uh, you know, fight uh, that will be happening Saturday night. And uh, so Nico Alley Walsh will make his pro debut on ESPN on Saturday and looking forward to that. And where's that fight at again? Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Hard Rock okay. Hotel and Casino. Because okay. yeah. when you say Hard Rock at first, I'm like, no, that's the Virgin now. But no, it's not the one here in Vegas. It's right. out of town. They're so. actually the Hard Rock still <laughs> yeah. in, in Tulsa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So looking forward uh, to that. So yeah, a lot to, to hit on today. So there you go. But uh, all right. So um, trip to Houston. Um I know you guys were talking about the food and talk about all all of that uh, aspect uh, on Friday. Did uh, you avoid the thunderstorms? Is what I was curious of. Man, that was crazy because I wasn't expecting that. And when I landed on Thursday, uh, it, everything was, was pretty good. But I wake up Friday morning, and there's weather advisories, and I, I see rain outside, and uh, you know, same thing on Saturday as well too. And so a lot of the you know Houston people are talking to you. They go, yeah, don't you love our lovely weather here? It's like, yeah, it seemed seemed a little bit uh, strange with that. But uh, walking over to the ballpark, and I had a close walk from my hotel, literally two blocks. And yesterday the sun was out. It was just I was like sweating from the humidity and the heat there. And people were asking me. They said, well, you should be used to the heat. I'm, I'm trying to tell them. I said, 115. In, in dry heat is totally different than 95 degrees in soaking wet humidity heat. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's some, what you got there. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes the humidity will literally almost be 100%. Yeah. It's not rainy, but you feel like it. Yeah. I remember in Chicago there's humidity and, you know, not nearly like it is in Houston. But every mm-hmm. once in a while you'd have those real hot and humid days where you literally take a shower and you're drying off your body and you dry off the top half. And by the time you're done with your legs in the bottom half... You're you're all wet and sweaty on the top half again because it's a and and that's how it is down there. It's incredibly humid down there. But then you think about it, it's like okay, well you're at the Gulf of Mexico, you got a lot of different things going on. Yeah, it makes sense that there's humidity, but until you've really been in it, you don't really know what it's like. And I'm like, you know, spending 12 years in Green Bay, we had those days of summer that were like that, where you'd have thunderstorms and you'd have heat, you'd have humidity. And but 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 not like this. Yeah. Where it's, not it's every pretty, day almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty constant. It's like here's the three months so, of heat and humidity. So you know it's it's funny because we've talked about this before about you know baseball playing in domes and I don't think either one of us are very fond with that. And I never really went to a game in a baseball dome until you know Miller Park and then the retractable roof and then Arizona Chase Field and then with Houston. So the very first day I was there, I, w- I was asking people there. Um, you know, part of the Astros, I go, so how often do you keep this, uh, you know, do you open open the roof? And they said, well, we really don't. And I go, but there's got to be some really nice days, nice weather. They, and so their rule is that they will only open it if it's below 75 degrees. 
Now, yes. if you think about that. So they open it when baseball is not being played in January or something. <laughs> right. Because, and I'm thinking, okay, well, April, May, that's good. And I watch, obviously, a lot of games of the Astros on television. And I can't recall too many games that I've seen, you know, with the open roof. And uh, it, it, it makes sense now. I, I finally get it as I was walking over to the stadium. And I never thought that I would enjoy watching baseball in a dome or air-conditioned environment before and walking over to the stadium specifically yesterday because it was a day game yesterday at 1 o'clock. So I actually wanted to get there early to just sit in the air conditioning. And instead of usually I don't like getting to ball games really early because, yeah. you know, okay, there's only so much you can do and walk around see and all that kind of stuff. But I said, no, I want to get there and I want to get in the air conditioning and it was uh, it was just kind of a different mindset because I love open air, loving be, being out to you know in the open air and, and watching games. But uh, I could see how people get used to this now. Now, did you find yourself drinking a lot more water and stuff like that to stay hydrated and stuff? And because 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 you want to do that, but then at the same time, after you do, then that's in your system, yeah. and it kind of makes you sweat even more. Yeah, you know, and I these people not. that just go down yeah. there and drink like, oh, I'll have three or four beers. You need a water in between there, here and there, too. Yeah, yeah. I found myself drinking a, cu- a couple waters, you know, while I was and there. And you probably drink a lot living in Vegas anyhow, especially yeah. without the humidity. Because right. I know I'm doing, I, I'm, I've drank more water in the right. last couple right. months as I've been trying to get healthy. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I do the air quotes with my yeah. hands, yeah. like I'm not on radio. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you, you do, you're right. But when you're inside there... It even becomes a little chilly because I, I believe they set uh, the temperature at 69 degrees. So when you're in there, that for is three, a little chilly, especially it when it's like almost 100 outside. It's 69. So honestly, and let's face it, these American League games, I mean, I saw a couple four hour games, and one of them was an extra inning game, but I really, you know, wanted to get back outside. And especially, you know, after the night games, like, hey, th- now this feels good. You know, now this feels good. But, yeah, it was actually chilly in there. And I see why people actually, you know, bring sweatshirts, you know, into the game because it does get chilly for these long American League games. So did you go and watch batting practice, then leave the park, and then come back in to uh, wearing, wearing your, your heavier clothes, clothes when it got <laughs> I, 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 No, I did not uh, pull a Craig Taylor, one of our, <laughs> one of our listeners who does that. No, because you, you need two tickets. Even though I did have well, you had a pass. Ticket, yeah. You had a pass. Yeah, yeah I, I could have done that, but no, I, I, I didn't do that. Yeah, instead. But I did see every food venue at Minute Maid Park. I made my way around just like I told you guys that, that I would. And you were and, totally yeah. unimpressed with the train. I was totally unimpressed. <laughs> I said, were you impressed? No, I was wasn't. That, was that no, ridiculous? No, that's why, that's why I asked no. you if you'd seen it yet because it's like, cause I was like, really, this is the big hoopla? Yeah. And again, I didn't even notice it until like, you said something the day after. When, well, I did see two home runs on Thursday night, but... wonder why the didn't train know, didn't go. Oh, wait, did, it, it did, and I, I just didn't, know, didn't notice. It was so unassuming, yeah. I didn't even notice. So after you said that on Friday, I said, okay, now the f- next home run, I'm going to actually try to video this thing. And I'm looking, I'm going, is it even moving? I mean, this guy was going like three miles an hour. I, are you kidding me? Well, it's not a very long track he's got to go on either, so it's definitely yeah. But it's 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 definitely. Remember, remember a few years ago when they were in that blowout game and the guy fell asleep. We talked about it on Terrible Two. The conductor fell asleep at the wheel. I see why he fell asleep now because he only goes about thirty feet and he goes not even two miles an hour. And now I get it. And then like they show him in the ninth inning, like it's a rally time or whatever. 
Well, I got to thinking about this, and I saw like the same video over and over. I'm going like, they're not cutting to this guy live. I think this is a stock shot. It's like one of my uh, stock food photos that I have in my phone. You know, when I go to a restaurant, I, I take the same picture over and over again. So this guy's going, come on, like rally, rally, rally. I'm going, wait a minute. He's in the sunshine. This is a night game. I'm putting two and two together. I'm getting four because a lot of times I don't do that. And there it was. Yeah. So they have this ham and agar that is, you know, like, hey, rally time, you know. Yeah, he's the conductor. Now I see why he fell asleep. Yeah, that, that, that train thing. And yeah. I don't get the train. The Astros and a train? Please help me out. I have no idea. I, I, I really don't know. I remember seeing it years ago. and that, I kind of asked you, just wondering, like, hey, has it changed any? Have they found a way to make it more exciting? Because, yes, I was definitely very impressed. Do they still do the uh, the eyes of Texas are upon you for the seventh inning stretch? Oh. With all the girls dancing on the dugouts and oh, that. Oh, they do the dancing on the, <laughs> the, the dugouts. But it is not that song, my friend. Yes, it's a it's a little different one that uh, I I'm really not uh, uh, fond of, but I will say it's right up there with you know what they do. Oh no, Milwaukee. deep in the heart of Texas is what they used to do. Yeah, deep. I'm sorry, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Deep in the heart yeah, of yes. All of a sudden, I had to bring myself back there yes. like nine years ago or whatever it was. There it is. Ago. I'm getting a flashback. There it is. Yes, and they and they got like the bouncing ball on the words that they put on uh-huh. the, on the scoreboard, and you'll like this numchuck. Uh, the the bouncing balls is the Whataburger sign, the W. There it is. Well, get your yeah. sponsors in there. Uh, well, and to yeah. show you how long ago it was that I was there, when they played this, Gerald Ford, the original president Gerald Ford, was there, and when he got up and left, the entire stadium stood up and applauded him, and as him and his wife walked out of the building, oh, and that because he is a treasure down there. Do, I, I, or was no, you're right. And this, I've never seen so many state flags too. You know, you see the American flags while I was driving because you know I went to College Station on Saturday. I couldn't believe I just the standalone Texas flags. Oh, when they and call you, it the Lone Star State, oh there are God. Lone Stars yeah. everywhere. Yeah. In, in, in in the politics, and you know I'm not much of a politics guy. They're into their politics. They're, they're very proud that they're a red state, and but and that's that's we won't get into that. But anyway, yeah. So this, I had no idea what to expect here. You know, seventh inning stretch, because you know you got take me out to the ball game, and then, like I said, Miller Park they go the beer barrel polka. You know they go with that stuff. I'm going oh geez, and that always drove me nuts. And then we got this thing. These people are standing on their feet. They're clapping their hands. They got the... Oh, they're up and down. They're getting yeah, into it. The, uh, watching the girls jump up and down yeah, on the dugout. Yeah. And just like, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then half the girls have to... For the night games, the girls have to go home because they're they're younger girls. And it's like, okay, well, it's curfew now. Now he got to... And then the ballpark empties yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. They're all like the ushers or something like that. I just remember watching that and going, this is a... I, I feel like I'm in a different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy. And speaking of the girls, and they, they're they're dressed in Astros gear, and they look they look great, and they're throwing out these balls. And I was at first, I'm going like, okay, there's this is this picture is wrong. First of all, you know, I'm I get very critical of people who don't have proper form. You got to at least teach these girls how to throw a baseball. They're all throwing off the front foot. If they're right-handed, you got to lead with the left foot, and you got to throw, and you got to follow through. And I see these balls are not going past the fourth row. You know, they're, they're throwing these balls uh, you know, during the seventh inning stretch, and then uh, ninth inning, they do it again. And I'm going, they got no distance on these balls. And these poor people that are even like 20, 30 rows back, I mean, they have no shot. Shoot a ball, but a, 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 get a ball, right? <laughs> so then, 
As as I get closer and and, and I'm, I'm sitting down to, uh, on the dugout level there, uh, the last two games, and I'm going like, wait a minute. So one kid caught this ball. I said, "Can it's I like see a your ball?" Squishy thing, it's right? a squishy ball. Of course it is. It's a squishy. Well, of course they're not throwing it because after all the beers they have and everything <laughs> like that, they're going to end up back on the field if they're not. So two reasons: they have they have improper form. That's why the ball isn't going anywhere, and they're throwing little squishy balls. And from a distance, they look like real baseballs. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah. But the deep in the heart, Texas, yeah, they love they love their they're proud they're proud of Texas. They are no. yes, they are they're a proud proud people down there. But what I I'll tell you what I loved, what I really liked, and I didn't get a chance to video this. When the opponent makes a pitching change, they go to the kill bill. That's what they do. You know. And you guys all saw Kill Bill, right? Where Love Kill Bill. Dog. Okay, so you know the part when it, when it's like kill time, and they go, they get the siren going, dun, 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 dun. it's like, oh yeah, this is great. They go right to the Kill Bill. That was outstanding. That got me going. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> kill yeah. Bill Volume One and Two, both oh. outstanding. No question about. It. Check, that has got to be a regular part of our show right there. That's that's got to be in. That, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I just that's when I stood up and I go, yeah. I think I was the only guy that's like yelling "kill Bill" and they're going like, "We're talking about it's a pitching change." You know, it's like Lucy Liu in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. silly Caucasian girl yeah. likes to play with swords. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Hannah with one eye. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, yeah. Snake got <laughs> Snake got to her too in the trailer. Oh, yeah. the black mamba. Uh, now, this really, now this, now this, <laughs> this should concern you. <laughs> See? You can appreciate Quentin oh, Tarantino. Oh, Kill Bill is awesome. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah. If I'm channel surfing and that's on, oh. I- unless it's a great sporting event, I'm watching. Everybody guess. All right, man. So uh, what, what else do you want to know about the, the trip? The Houston out- was What was okay. the number one barbecue spot? Number one barbecue spot. It does go to my man Adam Joseph. He called it Killen's Barbecue. Oh, so you went out of town with what, your friends? Went, went to kill. Now, when, is it like he, a, he said it was like a what twenty five minute drive or something? Yeah. Okay. However, okay. So we went on the drive. I had the Killen's, believe it or not, at the ballpark. So we got Killen's. I had no idea the Killen's was there until yesterday. I had no idea. But we made the trip to College Station, got to College Station. That is a story in itself, how I worked my way into Kyle Field, a locked-down Kyle Field, made my way onto the pitch. So you didn't jump the fence like it was uh, a guest on on Facebook? uh, (laughs) Jumping the fence would have been uh, equivalent to breaking into a Texas state prison. I mean, that's how high those walls were. Uh, you know, with the you know the pointy things at the top of the 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 steel there, well, maybe oh, they well should, guarded. Maybe yeah. they should call that the big house. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> they should hundred three thousand. <laughs> but I was able to uh, work my way in, uh, and uh, not illegally, by the way. I, I actually had permission. And uh, yeah, one guy came up and says, "Hey, uh, I want. I'm here to see Jimbo Fisher." And uh, the girl in the athletics office says, uh, well, do you have an appointment? Well, no. <laughs> okay, well, you just can't come here and see Jimbo. Why not? <laughs> I'm an A&M fan. Crazy? This is Texas. Yeah. I can do what I want. They said, uh, get this guy out of here. You know? 
But they got me in. And, uh, yeah, I got to go inside to Kyle Field, which, uh, again, I think you know we had talked about this. Like, okay, where – you know, I'm a college nut, as you know. And, and so where could I go? Rice? Nah, not so much. University of Houston? Nah, really not interested in that. Uh, Baylor, possibly. Uh, Baylor was like, you know, three hours away. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Austin, three hours away. Nah, not going to happen. I'm thinking College Station. Hour and a half away. I go, let's do it. So, yeah. Got, got in the car, went to College Station, had a great time there. And this was with your friends that came down. They came down, met me from Dallas. Uh, they came down from Dallas. They were willing to drive. From Green Bay, they now live in Dallas, Correct. and they came down there. Correct, to Mundo. Yeah, so, um, you know, treated them to the, to, to the ball game, and they treated me to a nice ride to College Station. So when we were at College Station and we're talking to the guy who uh, gave us, like, the tour at A&M, it was this kid. He was a student there. In the uh, football department, and uh, so I asked the kid after you know was able to finagle our way in. I go, well, uh, how long have you been uh, on the job here? He goes, oh, two weeks. I go, well, you're probably going to be fired after today. <laughs> so anyway, I said to him, he goes, uh, we're talking about barbecue in Houston. He was actually at the Astros game the night before, which was kind of ironic too. So anyway, I said he goes, he gave me a recommendation of Cooper's Barbecue. I go, okay, is the barbecue better in College Station or Houston? He goes, uh, probably going to be Houston. He goes, but Cooper's is really good. College Station. So went to Cooper's on the way back from College Station to Houston, and Cooper's was uh, very good. However, if I'm doing the critique here, the barbecue sauce, not so much. They had, you know, they had the ribs right off the smoker. That you, could, you could pick. They had the sausage. You had the, uh, the brisket. Yeah, the chops, you had it all. Cooper's. You got, okay, none truck is looking at Cooper's now. But the sauce, you help yourself, and there's there's two sauces. One says chop sauce, and the other says barbecue sauce. So I'm asking this lady, I go, what's what's the deal with both? She goes, well, I like the barbecue sauce. I really don't know too much about the chop sauce. So, of course, i got to try them both. The chop sauce, I'm not kidding you, tasted like Campbell's tomato soup. And then the barbecue sauce was almost like watery, you know, vinegary, and I didn't care for the sauce. But the meat was good. Uh, the the pork ribs are fantastic. So I'd probably it like it because I don't use barbecue sauce. Yes. So if I just get a dry rub, it's probably pretty damn good. So that's what I did. I, you know, so I tried a little. I said, you know, I'm just going to go straight in, which I don't think I've, I've really ever done with barbecue is is go the straight shot, but very, very peppery. So their rub was very peppery, but no, it's, it's an award-winning place. Uh, it was very good. So so I actually got to try Killen's at the park. Did you get the big and Flintstone then, yeah. brontosaurus ribs like they told you to? No, I did not. Because that's what the guy recommended that, at Killen's. That's, that's what he said. Yeah, I, uh, I did not. And that was actually, Adam, right? That was Adam, yeah. yeah. But see, at the park, I don't think they actually had that. Ah, yeah. You know, because you are limited. And so when I told Adam that I was there, he goes, yeah, but you're at the park. And I go, well, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to go where my, my driver took me. But there it is, yeah. The Cooper's Barbecue Sauce here. One tablespoon of paprika, two tablespoons of black pepper. You got the chili powder, the cumin the butter, I didn't taste any butter, and then you got onion finely chopped, four cloves of garlic minced and pressed, and one green bell pepper chopped. I, I think they missed about half of those ingredients in what I had. Yeah, well, with all that pepper and paprika and stuff like that, you're not going to taste the butter probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, now, I, you know how much pepper yeah. I put on everything, yeah. so that's probably yeah. right up my alley. 
But I'm telling you, that burger that I had when I talked to you guys on Friday. And Biggio's? Biggio's was Thursday. was great. But Papa's. Okay. The Papa's when we talked on Friday because that's you know where I was at when I talked to UNC Win and that that Papa's burger that was yeah it was killer and, and I'm guessing since you weren't down there for a month you didn't make it to a seafood place I I, <laughs> I, I did not I did not I, I drove by the the Papa Do's or Papa Do's or whatever B Sal said but again when we looked at the menu it was seafood I'm not doing it. but here's the problem when you go to games like that and that's the centerpiece of of your trip and the games are at seven o'clock. Then you really, you're you're kind of stuck. So I found myself eating like a late lunch, like a Biggio's that one day, and then the Papa's, and then the ballpark. I I didn't really dive into a whole bunch of the ballpark food because I wasn't hungry because I stuffed myself. But I will say that the foot long all beef Nolan Ryan dog was nails. It was outstanding. And if you saw some of that stuff I posted, they have like a queso dip, and then they got beans. The rather the, the chili, and they've got other things you put on. And honestly, I was kind of scared to do it. So after the games were over, and you went out with Dusty, yeah. And so were you full? Did you not eat again? Did you just have a couple libations to uh, had a pizza you know, kick back? Had a pizza one night, a late night pizza at, at one o'clock in the morning. Was it a barbecue pizza? It was. <laughs> it was a, you you like you like the pizza though, because you know where, where the pizza was from. It's from your place. It was Frank's. Oh, well, there you go. Frank's Pizza, a legend in Texas, by the way. Still waiting for my royalties. Yeah, place, you get, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my friends, they said, uh, you know, hey, uh, Frank's delivers till 3 a.m. Really? Okay. Let's. They, they had tried it before, and they go, yeah, you're going to like Frank's. I go, okay. There you go. Frank's Pizza. So, uh, yeah, just, just like some appetizers and libations, like you said, at, at that late hour. So there was there was no food, really, to to be had. And again, I, I thought full. if maybe there was, maybe it would have been Sunday with the afternoon game. Maybe you guys had a dinner after that game or something. Well, uh, there was no dinner, and th- that's another story. That game lasted uh, four and a half hours. And uh, so Dusty had to get to Jose Altuve's wine-tasting event. Which uh, half of the players were down for. The other half were like, eh, I'm not so sure I really want to go to this. And I don't think it had nothing to do with Altuve because they like Altuve. It was just like they hadn't had an, an off day and it was, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's why and a lot of places. They be at the park at 9 in the morning, too. And that's why a lot of places have the afternoon games on Sunday so they can right. kind of experience and kind of have a night to right. go out and kind of kick up their heels or just well, relax the, or whatever. And the organization does things like that on those type of nights when they do like a. Uh, a player's got a foundation event or the organization's got a foundation event. or And it was Hall of Fame weekend. And you would have really liked that because uh, they paid tribute to the Astros uh, Hall of Famers. So they have their own – and so they had a big old thing on the field prior to Saturday So they game. had Hall of Fame weekend for the baseball players the same weekend that the NFL was having their Hall of Fame Correct. inductions. Except instead of yellow jackets, you had orange jackets. So uh, Appropriate for the Astros. Yes, yeah, exactly. So you had the Cesar Cedeno was there, which was outstanding. Billy Wagner – Cool. Uh, you know, um, you know, Lance uh, Berkman, you know, was there. Uh, then they did a tribute to Bob Watson, who has passed. Uh, so he was part of the induction class. And they gave away bobbleheads, which I, I, I got some bobbleheads. They did three bobbleheads on Saturday and three on Sunday of uh, uh, the guys that they inducted as well, too. And they actually inducted the guy who designed the Astrodome. Which was pretty interesting. Which you went over and saw. I did. And yeah. Now, one thing that I remember when the Astrodome was open, one thing that I always thought was funny because every ballpark, because I mean, that was basically the only indoor yep. ballpark back then. Yep. 
And at every ballpark, it tells you the temperature, the humidity, and the wind speed and what direction mm. it's coming out of. I don't know if you remember this or not, but in the program at the Astrodome when I was a kid, I remember they showed it once. I think it was in Sports Illustrated when it was still worth reading. And it said... The wind at the Astrodome is one mile an hour out of the northeast, south, and west from the air conditioning vents that would blow. <laughs> That's classic. That's classic. <laughs> that blew me away. I thought that that thing was imploded. I did not know for sure. And then I was talking to some people, and I had no idea that it was on the same grounds as where they built NRG Stadium where the Texans play now. And it's on. So you're And coming... don't they still do some convention things and different things there once in a while? I mean, they, they, they use it sparingly, but I, it's Correct. like a landmark down it there, is. basically. It is. And uh, so uh, they've been doing a lot of COVID testing there. So they've been doing COVID testing there. And uh, so I, I went in there, and they go, okay, uh, yeah, we're, uh, they had uh, like an RV show or something like that you know, going on this weekend. They also had Texans training camp, which, again, you enter on the other side. Because if you enter from one side, you'll see the dome. If you enter from the other side, you see NRG Stadium. So it's, it's kind of strange. But, man, that building just looks dilapidated, old. And I go, okay, so what? You want, you want $15 to park to get a COVID test. Wait, okay. it's $15 to park yeah. and then get the free shot? Yeah. Now, I don't know. You should have parked at the yeah. Sean Watson's massage yeah. parlor yeah. just down the road. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Think all that was free? Everything was free? Was it included there? Yeah, so uh, so I I was there uh, to snap a picture of of the outside of the Astrodome and then go over and, and it was weird kind of looking at the old and the new of NRG Stadium in the Astrodome. But man, that thing looks dilapidated. But yeah, very they they still use it very sparingly. I can only imagine what the inside looks like. But yeah, they they do have some events there. But that that's now turned into an NRG complex where they have another convention center where they do some real big stuff. So they got the Astrodome, the Conven- NRG con- uh, Convention Center, and then the uh, NRG Stadium as well, too. And the thing about Houston, too, and I know you were only a couple of blocks from yeah. the uh, from the stadium, like you said, but yeah. you were with some friends that were driving and I, around. And I drove by the that, Toyota Center on yeah. the way there. Yeah. I did see you. I mean, that, that yeah. city is so spread out. Yeah. I mean, it's just humongous in the distance and everything it goes. But you didn't run into Dana White, right? I did not. I was there too early. You know, he, yeah. he, he wasn't quite there yet because I was rolling there about 11 a.m. when I went by the Toyota Center. And UFC guys were loading some stuff in, but yeah, did not. So anyway, but uh, no, yeah, g- great trip, fun time, food, baseball, friends, uh, good stuff. And the slowest and, train on the face and, of the earth. And there's no question, the slowest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did get some very good uh, charred corn on the cob, though, I'll tell you that. In a peach cobbler. Yeah, very good. But, uh, yeah, so I got, I got my barbecue. I tried to get as much in as I could, but, yeah, I, I just couldn't enjoy the food at the ball game because I wasn't hungry enough. But, you know, the, but the ballpark fair, pretty good. Pretty good. How Could, many Astro shirts do you have, by the way? Because it seemed like you had a different one on every day. Um, I actually have three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, three. No. We're, we're, we're the orange because for Friday night, they do the orange, and then, yeah. Because I saw you with a blue too. one on, and yeah. one of the pitchers in it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and, it. Th- and then you slyly brought home a, a, a shirt for your wife. How nice of you. Oh. I saw her post that. Uh-oh. You, you saw that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's supposed to be for public information. There you go. <laughs> she put it on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, get more public yeah, than that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not like yeah. the double secret probation count that yeah. you got to have the password yeah. to get into. That, that was one of the things that, for me to get back home that, that I need to do. Yeah, she wanted the, the Dusty Baker signed autograph jersey. Oh. And, and Dusty obliged, and uh, uh, there you go. So, But uh, that was kind of a funny story as well, too, because that had to be very, very sly. Uh, yeah, she said you yeah. were sly about doing it. Now, I did not know it was yeah. autographed. I didn't know that part. So maybe yeah. that was the secret part. The, so maybe you let the cat out of the bag and not me. Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> that, that was totally fine. It, it's totally, I just don't think Dusty wanted to know, like, because he goes, yeah, a lot of people want these things and this and that. So when he gave me the uh, uh, the jersey, it had to be basically... Uh, disguise in a bag, okay, and so no one else would see it. Right. So and again, I didn't give. All I said was, yeah. "You brought her home a jersey." Yeah. I didn't say yeah. anything more. Yeah, so. no, she wanted her because this tradition started a while back. You know, in 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 Washington, you know, she wanted that, and he got gave her one of his jerseys, and so he did that this time around too. So yeah, there it is. Yeah, so brought home a, a signed Dusty Baker Astros jersey, and it had to be the blue one because she wanted the blue, which they wear on Sundays. She likes that. You know, because orange, like Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side, is not in her color wheel. Okay. So there you go. By the way, real quick, since you mentioned yeah. Washington, I just thought of this too. Former Washington National player, obviously. Did you notice the bat that Bryce Harper is using these days? I did not. He hit a home run the other day, and they said, look at that. They misspelled his name on the bat. His bats, uh, apparently they, they ran out of them or yeah. something like that. So Chris Bryant, he likes Chris Bryant's yeah. bats. He's using Chris Bryant bats. And it still says Chris Bryant on the name and everything like that, that Harper's been using, and he's been on a tear since because he was in a slump. So they said he plans on still using those bats because they're still friends in that from Vegas and everything. I have heard that before. Yeah, so Bryce Harper is is tearing it up these days with the Chris Bryant bat. That is funny that you bring that up because going back, what, three years ago when Chris was uh, with the Cubs, Bryce with the Nats, and when I was back there to interview both of those guys, Bryce actually said that. That he likes Bryant's bat, so I think actually this goes back a few years when yeah. he was using him. Yeah. Well, he did, he yeah. used one last night, yeah. and they showed yeah. it because they yeah. showed it in the bat rack and that, and they they didn't put it. They put it down where the yeah. label was up, and yeah. that, and it's like there's Chris Bryant, and you see the bat boy giving the bat, and it's like he is using Chris Bryant bats. Yeah, very true. So if you buy a Bryce Harper bat, it is not the bat that he actually uses. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Well, yes. Well, thank you for letting me share uh, some of my escapades there in Houston. But a uh, good time. And yes, I did get a Texas A and M shirt. There you go. So you know, had had to go to the university, of course. So I know that I'm going to be getting some some flack from that. Went to the university and had, had got a kid fired after two weeks on the job. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice job. There you go. What I do. Four kids out of school now. <laughs> B.J. Armstrong is going to join us next. We'll talk about the, the Team USA, the Olympics, NBA Summer League, and more on this Magnificent Monday. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. The Olympic Games, over, but uh, fantastic for Team USA. The men's basketball, the women's, the three-on-three. Volleyball gets uh, their first gold medal as well, too. The uh, women's volleyball team, so uh, great stuff there. And uh, let's dive into some hoop, because very active time here in Vegas, as we know, the NBA Summer League, which sounds a little bit strange that that is happening right now in the middle of August, but everything got pushed back a little bit, so... uh, 
Yeah, the NBA is definitely turned year-round in 2021. Join us, the three-time champion, our good friend B.J. Armstrong. What is up, my man? Oh, you got it, man. I appreciate you. It's- Seem like we just finished the NBA Finals, then we go right to the Olympics. Now we're Summer League, and before we know it, guys, the, the NBA game and NBA season will be right right upon us. You got it. And I know you were real busy the last uh, couple weeks with the NBA draft, B.J. Armstrong, the agent. So talk to us a little bit about that, man. And, and, and uh, did, did you sign some blue chippers there? Yeah, we got through free agency and, uh, you know, still being completed. I think the first wave or a lot of the guys, you know, signed initially. So uh, we were able to get through free agency. I was able to get through free agency. And then, as always, there will always be some movement here. I, I still expect some trades, maybe a Ben Simmons trade, maybe a Dennis Schroeder trade that will trigger – uh, another wave of players that will either be signed or moved here before the season uh, begins. All right. What was your your view of the draft, BJ? I mean, because it seems like a lot of uh, of fans now, if they don't follow college basketball, uh, they, they're not going to know a lot of these players because a lot of these one and done guys, uh, the, the foreign players, Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State. You know, if you're a college basketball fan, you know about Cade Cunningham. He's definitely one of the better players, if not the best player coming out of college last year. He goes number one overall. Uh, what was your thoughts on uh, on the draft that we had uh, about a week and a half ago? Well, the, the draft, you know, is, is really turning to a lot of young players and a lot of young players here that you, you know, you have to follow closely. And because, you know, they don't really have a deep resume, uh, like they once did, you know, years ago, that you're really just really projecting on who they're going to be maybe four or five years down the road. So, you know, you talked about Kay Cunningham, you talked about Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, a lot of good young players. But, you know, for better or for worse, these NBA teams have to draft these guys, and they don't really have a deep resume to really work with. When you're assessing talent and you're trying to project out and see what kind of players are going to develop and become the next stars in the NBA. Is it more difficult doing that with college players or with players coming over from Europe that are maybe playing in professional leagues, but different rules and a different style of game necessarily than the NBA? Well, it's no matter where these guys are coming from, right? Whether you're evaluating them in the international game and you're talking about, you know, FIBA or you're talking about, you know, college basketball, which is the NCAA, or, you know, now guys are, you know, taught, taking the, the steps or taking the uh, another alternative uh, decision, which is going playing in the G League. So all three are very difficult to do because you're assessing a totally different game. Like, just because you're good in college doesn't mean that it's going to translate to the pros or good in international play. You can see the difference here in the Olympics, for instance. You can be a well accomplished player in the NBA. But sometimes that doesn't translate to the international game and vice versa. You can see players who are role players in the NBA and suddenly they go and you see them play in in, in international play in the Olympics and you're going, wow, this guy is big-time scorer. So it's a totally different game. It's It's unfair to say basketball is basketball because that's not the case. But what is the case is that you have to make the assessment on which one of these skill sets that you value most and hopefully it will translate to the NBA game because that's the game you're evaluating. All right, B.J. Armstrong uh, joins us as the three-time NBA champ and uh, the agent, B.J. Armstrong, in, in full effect here 
uh, recently as we uh, have the offseason NBA Summer League here in Las Vegas. BJ, give us a, your, your take about the NBA Summer League. I'm sure you've been out here. You've checked it out here before. But, you know, from a popularity standpoint, it has just grown like wildfire. People love coming uh, to, to the NBA Summer League. It's really kind of a, you know, we like to use the term kind of like a state fair atmosphere where fans get a chance to get up close, you know, with, uh, with some of these players, get to see, you know, the rookies, the second-year guys. And then, of course, you know, you've got uh, a lot of the, the current NBA guys here who like to, you know, you can just check out a little basketball, be on vacation and that sort of thing. Uh, what is your view of what Las Vegas has done here with the Summer League over the years? Well, it's really been a phenomenon, if, if you ask me, um, as, a, as a former player, former executive, now current agent. You know, you're watching, like, you know, people, fans are coming into the building to watch, you know, these young players play. And not only are they drawing a few fans, I mean, these places are packed, right? You know, you come to Thomas and Mac, and you see they'll have a full house for a summer league game. And uh, it's been quite interesting to watch because, you know, it's like, wow, like I didn't realize there was that much interest in summer league basketball. So um, you got to give the NBA credit. Um, They're televising the events. The players seem to enjoy it. It seems uh, there is an audience there, and I think there's a lot of content. And who knew that summer league basketball was going to be this popular? So give the NBA credit again for seizing the opportunity and, and playing and creating content over the summer where there's really no competition. Well, you know, being remembering when the summer league started out here, and I think there was six teams, and there was in different places as well, and it's certainly growing now. It's basically everybody's out here now. I think one of the big draws here for the fans as well is seeing the young players, and that is there's a lot of people that just want to go there and look around and see what former NBA players and current coaches and that they can see because it seems like everybody wants to come to Vegas. So a lot of these people are not only seeing potential stars of the future, but they also get to see the stars of the past and their childhood in that and maybe get an autograph or at least snap a picture or something like that so Vegas just seems like a great destination because it brings the best of the new upcoming stars and the best of the former players yeah I, I couldn't uh, disagree with that you, you see so many you know you know you, you see basketball royalty walking around right you'll see Dr. J you'll see you know the best of the best and you know who's who in the basketball world so um, again, it's just a, it's a wonderful opportunity, especially for the the fans and people who maybe can't make it to an NBA game. Um, you know, for whatever the various reasons, maybe they don't live in the location, pricing, or what have you, for them to be able to get that close to their favorite team and cheer on their team. But more importantly, you know, you get a chance to see these star players who are going to be future stars in the NBA. You see them in their rookie year, so. It's kind of a nostalgic thing to see these guys at at such an early uh, part of their career. USA men's team, they win their fourth straight gold medal. It was not uh, pretty, I guess, in the beginning. They had the opening loss to France, but they they came back. uh, They battled back. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, had some had some comments uh, afterwards. Uh, Again, he felt. you know, the wrath, I guess, of a lot of people in the media or a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, American basketball fans thought that, hey, maybe this is not the best USA you know, team that was put together, but they persevered. And uh, here's uh, Kevin Durant's thoughts after it was all over. Everybody who said we were going to take the L, they had, a, they had some power rankings on. Kendrick Perkins, you talk a lot of shit. 
We a had, lot of they had some, act like you American. <laughs> they had some power rankings out. They had us four behind Slovenia. Like, like this is not our game. Come on, man. Talking about they catching up to us. Like, are you serious? This skill is unmatched. You dig? Shout out to everybody that won this gold. Everybody that chipped in and helped out. We wanted the press conference, but I had to talk my real quick. Why not? You did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Number seven just went out there and was great. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's that's what we do, though. Like, great you know man. We got Greg Popovich in the back. Oh, he ain't even back. Yeah, he right there. You know what I'm saying? They was talking about Pop. Saying that he couldn't get us to lock in. Stop playing, man. Way to go get this dub. Shout out to France, though, man. They played a tough-ass game. We had a nice road to this to this gold, though. Spain, Australia, France. Shout out to France, man, for they, real. They, they played great, man. They played some, We did beat everybody y'all yeah. said we couldn't beat. Exactly. You did. So I just had to come talk my real quick. You know, I've been on my IG Live out here, man. But I'm out. I'll see y'all in a second. There it is. Kevin Durant along with Draymond Green uh, via Instagram there. So, BJ, when, when you hear that, uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, listen, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I was young once, and and I get it. So, you know, the look in the end, give those guys credit. They they persevered. They were able to figure out on the fly, you know, how to you know come up and not only survive in in pool play, but they were able to win and. And, and and continue to build upon what was done before them, right? Meaning they continued on the tradition of winning the goal. And, you know, like all NBA players, right, there's a certain level of pride uh, that you take when you when you represent and you have that USA across your chest. So give those guys credit. But it, it wasn't easy, that's for sure. And uh, they needed their full strength, right, because they early on they had two or three guys – who weren't in uniform because they were playing in the NBA Finals, talking about Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, and Chris Middleton. So once those guys got on board, those guys came in, filled in beautifully, and um, you know they were able to secure the goal. But it was it was a great tournament overall, and it was very very competitive. You know, it's funny because a lot of fans out there wonder if people really listen to the media and what fans say in that. Obviously, Team USA did. They said, you know, they had us in fourth. They were looking at the rankings and that. In a strange kind of way, do you think a lot of the negative publicity and media coverage in that maybe bonded this team together even more and made them go, all right, let's just shut everybody up and win this gold and then see what they have to say? Well, I think what they did was they, they, they definitely had a they had a big uh, battery put in their back because they gained three players who ended who ended up being, you know, in their top eight. I mean, name me another team that were playing in the Olympics that for the first, you know, all of preseason for sure, in the first game of the season, they had two starters. Two, not one, but two starters who were who were put into the starting lineup and played beautifully with no practice or anything, no scouting report. So those players, Drew Holiday, who was sensational throughout the whole tournament, and then you put in Devin Booker, who came in, and, and, and you know, if he wasn't the second best player, he was without question, he was the third best player. So you're talking about two guys who came in to be significant players as starters, and then you had another guy, Chris Middleton, who, 
you know, he was a double-figure scorer and gave them versatility. So I think that was a huge jump for them. Clearly, every team was battling the same thing. You had COVID season. Those guys were playing in the finals, and then all of a sudden now they come in, they play, and they perform. I mean, those guys came in, they got off the plane, and 15 hours later they were playing in the game. So it was very, very, very tough for everybody. But give those guys credit because uh, they needed everyone if they were going to secure the goal, and they got the job done. Yeah, I don't know what power rankings would have the USA fourth. You know, I mean, seriously, that that seems a little bit crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean well, it, it's, yeah, it seems crazy, but let, let's, let's let's look at it. Like they lost not once, they lost twice in preseason, right? And you had three guys who literally weren't there. Like, okay, if like I gotta believe that Drew Holiday and Devin Booker, they did, you know, and, and Chris Middleton, um, they, they 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 that was a nice addition. Okay, so. You go on what you what you see. You lose a couple games. What are you supposed to do, right? You can't go. You can't win the game on reputation alone. You got to perform. So, I think it, it, for all of us who watch professional basketball globally, look, no one knew. You, you didn't know. And and for all of us, you know, who, who are basketball fans, you have to adhere to this. The international game is a totally different game. It's a totally different game. And just because, you know, you, you play well in the NBA, I'll keep saying it, that doesn't mean you're going to play well in, in FIBA. So there were two players who really – there were a number of players, but two players in particular. You could see that Luka Doncic, he understands how to play in the NBA game, and then he can switch it on to play in the international game. For us, Kevin Durant was the one player who stood above. He was the one player who he's an incredible scorer in the NBA game, but he was just as effective in the international game. And you could see some players, it didn't translate, whether it's because of, you know, just a, maybe, you know, they didn't shoot well or their role on the team, but it's a totally different game. So, you know, you know, you look at guys like Evan Fournier, you look at, you know, Patty Mills, who had 40 points in, in, in the bronze medal game. It's a different game over there, and that's what I think. If there's anything, if you follow the game, that you should pick up. That you know what? That's a that's a different rules, different game, and uh, players will perform differently. Yeah, and, and Kevin Durant. I mean, he literally carried this USA team. And if Kevin Durant isn't on this team, they probably don't win the gold. They probably really don't because you know, the USA plays a little bit different, too, as far as their minutes. And they've always done this because they want to try to appease everybody. Those other teams you're talking about with France and Slovenia and Australia even, those guys only go about six deep, maybe seven deep. And they, they play the way, the way a lot of the, the NBA teams do or college teams play. But, you know, Popovich and even, you know, uh, Coach K before him, they're always concerned about spreading out minutes. And we see that in the women's game as well, too. And these other you know countries, they don't really subscribe to that. And like you said, they're used to the rules. They're used to this. And, and again, they've been playing together. This Team USA was, was just put together. But still, like everyone said, hey, bottom line is you still have all of this all-world NBA talent. So, you know, over the course of time, yeah, they should still never be ranked, you know, you know fourth in, in the power ratings. But... Because of Kevin Durant, in my opinion, uh, and I'll give Draymond Green credit as well, too, because he's been there before. If it wasn't for those two guys, 
they might not win the gold. And you talk about Durant, you talk about consistency in three gold medal games now. 30 points, 30 points, and only 29 this year. Right. I mean, you can't get too much more consistent than that. Yeah. Yeah, you know Kevin is a—he's a special player, and like I said, he's a special talent, especially on the offensive end. And and, and again, you know, I, I've been watching many of these players for ten, fifteen yep. years. Some of them seem like they've been playing forever abroad, and uh, and you know, I, I I know we still think we are head and shoulders above everyone, but trust me, guys, the the game is is shrinking. You can see the. The MVPs in the NBA, Giannis, form-born player, uh, Jokic this year, form-born player, Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. So, you know, I, I know it's hard to believe and hard to fathom, but, you know, these players abroad, it's a truly a global game. And I think this was the vision many years ago for the NBA, and it started in 1992, is to have a global game. And this is what you have now. So um, I think – this will probably be the last year where you know Americans will be head and shoulders favored to win mm-hmm. because these other teams now they aren't phased. And, and the thing that surprised me more than anything this year is when the Americans lost, there was no celebration. Right. You right. Know, teams weren't celebrating. You know, think about that. They, teams aren't celebrating. They, they expect to win. Coming, they, expect. they expect to win. Yeah. yeah. And, and and if you watch the game against France, Rudy Gobert was he was overcome with emotion. Because he truly expected that they were going to beat the Americans. They were going to beat Team USA. So I, I think, guys, we, we, can, we can talk about what we've done, and that's great. But these young players around the world, they're pretty good. And they're getting better. And as more and more play in the NBA, because a third of the players in the NBA currently are form-born players. So the intimidation factor... As it, like it was once was is not there anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. All right, brother, we'll uh, let you go. All right, we'll get the funk on out of here right now. Do some high stepping, man. May the funk be with you. You got that right. All right, brother. We wish you were here in Vegas, man. We would uh, have you. We'd have you on site, man. But uh, we'll, oh, we'll man, de- nice. But we'll definitely hook up with you and talk to you soon, BJ. Appreciate you, man. Okay, take care. There is the three-time champ with the Bulls, B.J. Armstrong. Appreciate him joining us today. On the other side, we'll talk more Olympics. We'll kind of give our recap. And then Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali, making his pro debut with top-ranked boxing coming up Saturday night. We will talk to him, the Las Vegas native. That and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C., Ballpark Frank on a Monday.